0: Welcome back to Coast Access Radio Storytime, boys and girls. Today, we'll finish reading Black Day by David Hill. Then I've got a cool pitch book to share called Curly Cat by New Zealand writer Jennifer Somerville. Chapter 9 Over the weekend, text messages and phone calls flashed among the four kids as they planned their model of particles colliding. Jordan's uncle had loaned him a couple of paint guns that fired blobs of paint. They could aim the blobs of paint to smack into each other. Zoe managed to get through Monday without a detention. On Tuesday, Room 12 were once again working on their science fair projects. Only one week till the science fair, Miss Lye reminded them. The seed group had been told that they weren't allowed to grow their seeds, so they spelt out the words... School sucks. They weren't happy. The fireworks group had been told that they weren't allowed to set off their fireworks inside the high school hall where the fair was being held. They weren't happy either. Meanwhile, Ben and she had almost finished making the Eclipse model for Sean Simpson. It looked pretty cool, but nowhere near as cool and strange as the black hole model. Chad and the other three kept an eye on Sean as they worked to make sure he wasn't touching any switches or pushing any people. He wasn't. Instead, he just sat flicking paper pallets across the room when Miss Lye wasn't looking. On Chad and Jordan's table, two paint guns stood on stands. One was labelled matter, the other was labelled antimatter. "'I'll make a good copy later,' added Keisha." Chad held a wire that led to the triggers of both guns. They fire blobs of Play-Doh at each other, like Hadron particles, he explained. On Keisha's and Zoe's desks stood a circular stretch of plastic railway track inside a cardboard tunnel. This showed the large Hadron Collider. Miss Lye came and looked. Other kids came over too, including she and Ben. Ben stood near Zoe. Sean Simpson stayed in his seat and made loud yawning noises. He sounds like a black hole. All right, Jordan muttered. Want a demo? Zoe asked. Everyone nodded. Chad pulled the wire. From the matter paint gun, a blob of red Play-Doh shot out. From the antimatter gun, a blue blob shot out. They hit each other. Whack! And fell on the table in a blob. Of red and blue. Call cool ass, Room 12 shouted in unison. Dumb ass, Sean Simpson said and flicked another pallet. People were calling out, asking Chad to do it again. Ready? asked Jordan. Five, four, three, two. Just then, a small white shape flashed across the room and hit one paint gun knocking it sideways. Chad jerked, and the wire in his hand jerked too. The paint guns fired, but they weren't pointing at each other now. The red Play-Doh shot in one direction, hit a vase on Miss Lye's table and smashed it. The blue Play-Doh shot in another direction, hit a window and cracked it. Oh, I'm so sorry, Sean Simpson was smirking. "'I got so interested. "'I forgot I was flicking some pellets.' "'Miss Sly stared hard at him. "'I think your family can pay for a new window and vase, Sean.' "'Sean just sneered. "'Again there was silence among the black hole-makers. "'A furious, anxious silence. "'Just seven days until the science fair. "'How were they going to make a display?' That Sean Simpson couldn't wreck. How? Chapter Ten. Four angry figures arrived at the observatory after school on Tuesday. Yes, four. Zoe was too wild to even think about cooking Sean Simpson. They cautiously opened the door, but Auntie Kim didn't seem to be doing an experiment. She was drawing a diagram on the observatory's whiteboard. "'a diagram like a huge exploding grapefruit. "'I'm planning to contact the gas company,' she explained. "'If they have 40 or 50 spare gas wells, "'it could give me enough gas to make a very small star. "'Then I just have to start it burning.' "'Chad told his auntie how Sean Simpson "'had ruined their large Hadron Collider display. "'Are there any other ways a black hole could start?' Anything else we can show? Auntie Kim thought, maybe one other way. The kids looked pleased. It's my own idea, she added. The kids looked nervous. You put a really small object in a very powerful magnetic field, Auntie Kim went on. The magnetic field might rearrange atoms inside the object so it collapses inwards and becomes a black hole. A magnetic field. "'asked Jordan. "'We have to find a paddock.' "'Auntie Kim shook her head. "'The magnetic field is the area where the magnets have an effect.' "'The girls looked uneasy. "'Remember, we just have to make a model of it,' reminded Keisha. "'It would be one of those mini black holes,' Auntie Kim said. "'It would last for a second only. "'It might send the object into another universe or somewhere else in ours. "'I've got some really powerful magnets,' that run on electricity. But be careful. If anything else gets between the magnets, it might vanish into the black hole. Then you could end up anywhere in any universe, unless the aliens send you back. Chad nodded. We'll watch out, and we'll watch out for Sean Simpson. Zoe scowled. He's not going to ruin our fair display. We'll stop him even if I get a year's worth of detentions. On Wednesday and Thursday, the four of them met at Jordan's house and made all their displays again. The vacuum cleaner model, the neutron star clocks, the paint gun hadron collider. They also made good copies of their signs. Keisha made a new one, showing an astronaut stretched into spaghetti as he fell into a black hole. The astronaut had a sneer like Sean Simpson. They didn't tell anybody else in room 12. Nowhere was Sean going to find out what they were doing. Over the weekend, they made the magnetic field display. Two of Auntie Kim's big magnets facing each other were connected to a little electric motor. Halfway between them, they placed a small glass marble. They turned on the electric motor. Chad began reaching in to move the marble slightly, then snatched his hand back. Man, felt a tug, crackle. Don't let your hand end up in another universe, said Jordan. The aliens might need a hand, eh? So they might not send yours back. They looked at their row of displays. They could all feel a tug and crackle now. A tug and crackle of excitement. Chapter 11 on Tuesday morning, parents' cars, vans, and SUVs carried projects to the high school hall. John's uncle's station wagon carried the black hole displays. My Nana said she'd drive us, Zoe said, but I thought we'd better not destroy the universe on the way there. A shiny new SUV pulled up. Sean Simpson got out and started ordering Ben and she to carry the eclipse display inside. Don't let him near our stuff, remember? Kesha muttered. Inside the high school hall was full of kids from room 12, other rooms, other schools. There were models, signs, motors. There were whirrings, beepings, pingings. A girl went past carrying a volcano. A guy went past carrying two brontosauruses. Mrs Lye waved them over to where tables stood against a wall and they began setting up their displays. Three tables along, Ben and she were assembling theirs. Sean wandered around, sneering at other projects. I'm watching him, Jordan told the others. It took half an hour to set up the black hole display. They tested the vacuum cleaner, and heads turned all around the hall as it whirred. They laid out the clocks with neutron star models on their hands, and kids from other schools came to look. They put up the signs, and kids from room 12 laughed, at the spaghetti-shaped astronaut. Who does he remind me of? asked Ben. He and Zoe grinned at each other. We won't turn the magnets on until the judges come. Keisha nodded at where two men and a woman with clip boots were examining the displays. There's some cool projects here, said Chad. Yeah, agreed Keisha. Ours! I'm still watching Sean Simpson, Jordan told them. Half an hour later, the judges arrived at the black hole display. Keisha turned the magnets on. Leave it alone, she hissed as Chad reached out to move the marble. We want you in this universe when we win. The judges looked at the vacuum cleaner display and smiled. They looked at the clock display and nodded. They looked at the paint gun display and the magnet and marble display nodded more and wrote things on their clipboards. Very interesting, the woman judge said. Well done. The judges moved on to the next project. I'm still watching Sean Simpson, Jordan said. Chapter 12 Time ticked by. The judges moved from table to table. The floor black hallmakers took turns, wandering around the other projects. Sean Simpson came past theirs and ignored it. I'm still watch, Jordan began. Then he stopped. The hall was going quiet. The judges were on the stage and one stood at the microphone. I want to congratulate everyone who's entered in the science fair, he began. The standard is very high. We've seen many excellent projects. The black hole makers glanced at each other then they all watched the judges. Beside them, the vacuum cleaner whirred, the clocks ticked, the magnets crackled. It's been very hard deciding the winners, the judge continued, but after a lot of discussion, something moved beside the black hole tables. Chad turned to look and froze. Jean Simpson was there, leaning towards the display. Chad gasped and the other three kids' heads whipped around. Up on stage, the judge talked on. Sean reached towards the magnets. He held something in one hand. Chad saw what it was, a metal ruler. Sean sneered at Chad and started to swing the ruler at the display. The four kids' mouths seemed stuck. They couldn't speak. Keisha lunged forward and collided with Zoe. Jordan jerked forward and bumped into Chad. Ben was trying to stop Sean as well. Sean Simpson sneered again. He swung the ruler down so it would whack against the marble and the magnets and send them all flying. The ruler's metal end touched the marble. There was a flash, a dark flash, like black lightning. The space around the table seemed to jump suddenly. Then the marble vanished. "'So did the metal ruler, and so did Sean Simpson. "'The four black hole-makers and Ben all gaped. "'For a second, an incredibly tiny, incredibly dark point of light "'glowed where the marble had been. "'A flicker surrounded it. "'The flicker disappeared into the darkness, and it was gone. "'Then the black point was gone too. "'It was so silent and so fast that nobody else seemed to have noticed.' A few kids at nearby tables glanced across in a puzzled sort of way, then turned back towards the stage. Chad swallowed and stared. So did the others. "'Where's he?' whispered Ben. "'Has he?' gasped Zoe. "'He can't,' muttered Tisha. "'He has!' cried Chad. "'We made a real one after all,' said Jordan. Zoe pointed to the stage. The judge at the microphone was still speaking as if nothing had happened. And so our choice is... Sean Spaghetti. I mean, Sean Simpson is in a different universe, Chad's mind was telling him, or in another part of ours, and and I bet any alien send him back to us as fast as they can. Then Keisha grabbed Chad's arm. He stared once more at the stage, and the judge... The first prize goes to a project that shows how one of the most amazing objects in space might form. Awarded to four pupils from... The rest of Room 12 started cheering. Jordan, Zoe, Chad and Keisha gave each other huge grins. Then above the cheers, Chad heard another noise. A noise from very near, yet very far away. A sneering noise. Someone, somewhere in some universe is in a hurry to send Sean back, all right, Chad thought. He grinned again. Too late, Sean. We won. Then he grinned a third time. We won. You zero. That was a cool ending, wasn't it? A bit of a surprise having Sean disappear into a black hole. Hmm, makes you think. Here we go with Curly Cat, a cat with a very different tail. Curly Cat sighs, sadly, as the cats of Pawsville promenade past. What's wrong, Curly Cat? asks Tabitha. ''Let's play Tails and Ladders,'' smiles Whiskerson. ''That'll cheer you up.'' But tears roll down Curly Cat's face and wet his whiskers. ''You don't understand. You both have splendid, ordinary tails, but my tail is different and weird.'' Curly Cat slinks home, wishing his tail was short and sleek and ordinary. He doesn't notice his long curly tail vacuuming up the rubbish, but Meanie does. He flicks his perfect tail and laughs. There goes the rubbish collector, he jeers. Curly Cat goes a long way home through whisker woods. He doesn't want anyone to see his horrible tail. Not now, not ever. The next day, Curly Cat decides to wash his tail at the Laundro Cat. He perches on the top of the washing machine and lowers his tail into the soapy water. This will clean it up, he says. Rub-a-dub-dub, it up, dub dug, tug, tug. The washing machine is dragging him in. Tabitha and Whiskerson rush to the rescue. Together they haul Curly Cat's tail out of the water. Now what, thinks Curly Cat, looking around. I know, he says, his whiskers tingling with excitement, I'll iron it straight. Before his friends can stop him, Curly Cat begins to iron his tail. It starts to sizzle and steam. Zzzzow! he screeches. Look everyone, scoffs Meanie. Crazy Curly Cat's cooking his tail. Curly Cat drags his steaming, smouldering tail home. It starts to rain and his tail drags in the mud. Mud, mud, crud, crud, dirty tail, wet tail. Mud, mud, crud, crud, yucky tail, stupid tail, he mutters. Home at last, Curly Cat tries to pick everything out of his tail, then collapses on his bed. Thinking sad tail thoughts, he falls asleep. He dreams his tail grows and grows, curling off his bed, up the walls, across the ceiling, and back down to tickle his whiskers. a chew He sneezes awake, and at that moment he has a brilliant idea. First thing in the morning, Curly Cat races into Barber Cat's salon. Barber Cat, my tail is too long. I want you to cut it, please. Make it short, make it sleek, make it ordinary. No, no, cries Barber Cat. I don't cut tails off. I groom them. I must say, I've never seen such a splendid, long, curly tail. But Curly Cat doesn't want his tail groomed. He wants his tail short. He walks out, wiping away tears. Stop! Stop! cries Barber Cat, running after him. I have a brilliant idea. I can groom your tail. Then you can enter the best tail competition.' Curly Cat opens his mouth and shuts it without saying anything. It's a crazy idea, but he can see it would make Barber Cat very happy, so he nods his head. OK, he sighs. Barber Cat can't wait to start on Curly Cat's tail. It's a Barber Cat's dream. He washes it and trims it. He combs it and styles it. He praises it. He sings to it. Hotel, hotel, how wonderful you are. Tra-la-la-la-la-la, sings Barber Cat happily. By the time he has finished Coolie Cat's tale, it is stupendous. It is magnificent. It's competition time. All the cool cats in Pawsville sashay in, hoping to be judged the best tale in Pawsville. Everyone is astonished, to find Curly Cat's name on the programme. This will be a laugh. Minnie sneers. The award for Best Tale in Pawsville, the judges announce, goes to the most unique tale we have ever seen. The award goes to... Cat roll. Curly Cat. Minnie chokes on his cat, Cream. The audience is shocked to their paws but Curly Cat's friends hoot and holler in delight. Curly Cat strides down the catwalk to receive his grand award. He doesn't notice Meany's sullen face as he sweeps past. No one is going to laugh at me now, he thinks. I have the most beautiful tail in Pawsville. The next day, Curly Cat visits Barber Cat to thank him. But Barber Cat is busy. All the cats of Pawsville are lined up, whisker to tail, outside his salon. All the cats want a tail just like yours, Curly Cat, sighs Barber Cat, but there's nothing I can do. No one can make a cat's tail longer, not even Barber Cat. Remembering how miserable he was when he hated his tail, Curly Cat walks down the line, praising tails. What a beautiful colour your tail is, he says to Ginger. What an elegant tail you have, he says to to sophisticated. What a marvellous, bushy tail, he says to Brushtail. Spotting Meanie, he chokes on his words. What, 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 what a wonderful, manicured tail, he stammers. Minnie stands taller and smiles for the first time. At the end of the day, Curly Cat collapses in Barber chair. Being kind feels good but it does take effort. Bravo, cries Barber Cat. Well done. Girly Cat loves having new friends. Good night, he calls to them as he heads home. He is looking forward to dinner with Tabitha and Whiskerson, perfectly topped off with a game of tails and ladders. And they got lovely, interesting facts at the end of this book about all sorts of pussy cats and their tails. Doesn't he sound a super special cat? Mind you, I love cats and think they are all special. That's all for now. Just time to say happy reading, have an awesome Christmas, goodbye.